Welcome to Inspired by Failure, Lessons Learned from the Journey of Epic Ideas. I'm your host, Michi Yamamoto. This is where we talk to inventors and learn from their successes and failures to inspire us and help us change the world. In this episode, I interview Sebastian Manai. Sebastian developed a plug-and-play device which helps improve the efficiency of oil well pumping. There are over a million of oil and gas wells in the U.S. Many of them use very old and simple systems, which have been running over decades. He proved his solution is robust and reliable enough in heavy industries, and he's been making progress in deploying his system. I'm curious how his plug-and-play device detects the failure in oil well pumping equipment. Thank you for joining the show today, Sebastian. Can you talk about how you came to the idea of acoustic welds? Yeah, sure. Uh, I have been working on acoustics in the past. Uh, my background uh, at MIT was working in the aerospace field. Uh, and my... Um, Actually, I traveled to oil fields, and I was surprised that at least that type of acoustic technology wasn't used. Initially, actually, my first idea was for biomedical device. Uh, I wanted to embed the system in, for example, smart watches to listen to the sound in your veins and being able to diagnose the, the heart remotely. Uh, and then I had the idea to use that for the oil and gas industry, and, and that's where I am today. Biomedical device sounds very different than what you are currently working on. What triggered you to move into oil and gas wells? Yeah, the, the field is very different, but the physics is the same. You know, the laws governing uh, fluid flows in the heart or fluid flows in an oil well are, are the same. I think it's a, I really personally enjoy like the field of heavy industries, like building something that has an impact that uh, uh, all large, you know, uh, industrial, complex industrial system, I, I really enjoy to work on and understand how they work. And, and the oil industry is a very complex one. Um, and I saw that there was a good potential for the, the invention for that field and that we could push it further there. So that's why I decided to focus on it. I've also traveled to a couple of oil fields in, in the USA, and I really found it fascinating. So that's why I, I, I focused the, this company on the oil and gas world. So you are leveraging machine learning. Can you talk about how machine learning is used in acoustic walls? We do use machine learning, but not only at all. Like the first, our core algorithm are based on, on physical modeling, on acoustic modeling, fluid flow modeling. It's like more uh, traditional physics-based approach. And that is reinforced then by the use of, uh, you know, machine learning method and various uh, AI algorithm uh, to, you know, make those results better. But the fundamental of it is, is physics. Uh, and that's very important because if you use just machine learning, you need a lot of data before you can get a good result. If your model is based on physics, you don't need a lot of data before you can start working. You can use the simulated uh, uh, model. And so we can detect not just machine failure. So a large part of what we do is uh, 
detecting how the, the, the machine is working so, it, so we can run it optimally so it doesn't fail, so to prevent the failure. Um, we can also detect a lot of other metrics that are important to the day-to-day -day, you know, function of, of the oil well system. When you look at the day-to-day -day operations of oil well systems, what's the toughest part in detecting how the machine is working? The toughest part, I think, in general for any industrial system is to be very robust. Uh, it's, it's kind of uh, like a self-driving car. You can't be wrong because if you're wrong, you break something. Or you, and if the equipment breaks, it can be very dangerous, very expensive. So you need to be very robust in the detection. You can't have too many false alarm, you know, and false detection. Uh, so that's why you, you, you complement your model with as many different models running in parallel as possible to really guarantee the, the, the result. Uh, that's the hard part. No, it's, in other term, it's relatively easy to make something that works 80% of the time. It's hard to reach 90%. It's very, very hard to reach 99%. Reaching 99.9% .9 would be even harder, I guess. What are the things that surprise people who are new to this field? Uh, I think a, a, a fact that I like, a statistic I like, I've been on oil wells, on oil fields that have oil wells running since 1912 like very old, some of them since 1940s, there's very old, very reliable equipment that, that has been running forever. And the, the other thing I think is surprising is, for example, people um, underestimate how many oil wells there are usually. Like in the U.S. alone, there's about 1 million oil and gas wells on, on land. It's a very large number. Um, so that's the, the, the size of the industry is enormous. You know, when you talk about oil and gas, most people picture, you know, big offshore platform or large refineries or huge industrial complexes. Uh, the reality is also, that's true, but a large portion of the industry are smaller independent producers that for the U.S., you know, that are spread throughout the states. Um, and technically, what I found surprising is how, uh, how simple some of the machines can be. For very high-end equipment, they are very simple. And there's a reason for it. Everything that's simple is robust and reliable. So, you know, it, it's, it's important to keep things simple. You mentioned 1 million oil and gas wells in the U.S., which sounds like a huge opportunity. What are the pitfalls in selling a new product in oil and gas industry? Oh, uh, yeah, there, there's many. It's not easy. And I haven't, you know, we're just a, a small company that's just starting up, but I think the biggest one is um, in big industries, for example, oil and gas, but in general, large industrial complex are, are you know, hard to reach out to and hard to, to breach in. You know, it's not like you're making a, a tech product that you're trying to sell to Silicon Valley. I think the market is much more open. For heavy industries, you really need to prove that what you have is, is very reliable and, and in general, they're slower. Uh, but uh, on, the other, on, the, on the other side, it's very large markets. Uh, and the thing is, it's changing. I think recently in, in you know, the recent waves of, of kind of new technology, of, of cloud computing, of, of IoT systems, of new network, long-range IoT network system, 
it's uh, what you use, what used to cost, you know, a lot of money and several tens of hundreds of millions. Now a smaller company can get better results with a much more affordable system. So it's, it's uh, lowering the barrier to entry to those uh, industries. Did you have any surprises since you entered the industry? What is it like to operate your day-to-day business? I can say a fun story. The uh, installing, uh, we were in uh, Louisiana earlier this year to install some prototypes on the oil field. And we arrived right when it was tornado season and there were flash flood warnings everywhere. And it was like a huge thunderstorm. And, and uh, I was supposed to rent a 4x4 car to be able to go on all the dirt roads. The rental car company didn't have any more and we had like a small city car instead. And so we, we had to use that to drive everywhere to go put our sensors on oil fields. And it was a, a little bit of an adventure to, to do that in the middle of... Uh, of heavy storms and, and everything. So uh, this, this going to the field experience was interesting. Not at all. And the opposite side, how did it feel like when you won the $100,000 entrepreneurship competition? Uh, I think the rest of the team was extremely happy and enthusiastic. I think I'm a little more, uh, less emotional, I would say, in general. Uh, and it only, I kind of only realized the importance of this after, like the, the couple days after it, once I started to see a, a lot of people contacting me. Um, you know, obviously I was very, uh, I was very happy. I, it, it really wasn't expected. I know we, you know, we worked very hard and, and did our best, but I, I, it was not expected. Um, so no, it, it's, it was helpful. Like the, You've probably seen this when you've interviewed other startups, but the startup uh, experience is really an emotional roller coaster. You know, before winning this prize, we've applied to many other things and we've tried a lot of stuff and they didn't even go past the first round of selection. And then suddenly you win everything and, and that creates momentum and, and you have to, to use it. So it's up and down all the time. You just have to make sure that overall it's two steps forward, one step backward and not the other way around. The startup is, you know, one month you get 300% better. The next month you get minus 200%. You know, it's, it's very, very high swings of everything. Emotional, financial, everything. It sounds like you're riding a roller coaster. I have my last question for you, Sebastian. What do you love most and acoustic wells? What I like most is the diversity of the task, actually. It's doing everything. Um, you know, it's like super exciting to build a team, like getting the first, uh, the first core team is great and then you hire your first people and that, that is very exciting. Uh, at the same time, you know, going to meet customers or potential customers, I really love it. And then in parallel, you have to do, you know, the fundraising, building all the financial, doing the patents, all the, more business and administrative related tasks. I like the diversity of it. And plus all the technical work. Yeah, I'm not mentioning, but you know, all the math and physics. Wow, you have so many things to enjoy. Thank you, Sebastian, for joining the show today. Okay, well, thank you, Michi. And let's stay in touch and I'll be waiting for the podcast. In this episode, Sebastian shared with us his experiences and learnings in entering heavy industry market. 
As a CEO, he enjoys the diversity of the tasks he's been dealing with, and the emotional roller coaster he's been going through. At the same time, he enjoys the math and physics work and acoustics technologies. We have a Facebook group where we can continue our conversation about him or his ideas. Please check out michiyamamoto.com. Thanks for listening to Inspired by Failure: Lessons Learned from the Journey of Epic Ideas. Stay tuned for our next guest.